Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, Randy, welcome back. Yes. Got some rabbit holes to dive into this morning and some Beyond Sunday talk. Mm-hmm. If I had a joke this morning, this afternoon, would you be able to rejoice in that? I would. I would be able to rejoice in the Lord, not the joke. Okay. Well, so that's actually a, rejoice I don't, in the Lord I don't, always. You're lucky. Not rejoice in the joke always. Okay. Rejo- rejoice in some jokes. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, you're fortunate because I don't have one for you. Good. But I do have a little uh, preposition question for you. Okay. And this is one just coming from myself. I think the preposition we find in uh, Philippians 4, mm-hmm. actually, before we dive into that, let me read. I want to read the passage. It's a short mm-hmm. enough one I think we can read just to set the yeah. stage for everybody listening. So the passage on Sunday was Philippians 4, 4 through 7, which reads, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. That reminds me of a children's song. You know that one? I do. Yeah. Uh, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, Mm -hmm. so there it is. The last sermon in the Barnabas series. Mm Um, Philippians four. So little preposition question for you. Mm-hmm. This is just a one come for me personally. Mm-hmm. This preposition sometimes throw me for a loop, like in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. through, through Jesus. And mm-hmm. it's like, how, what's that even look like? And so I believe you might've even addressed this one, but how do you think about preposition sometimes? So this one we find in the beginning of verse four, rejoice in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Is that like an in, like in his family, a positional kind of in the Lord, or is it a object of my worship in the Lord? I'm, you're not rejoicing in my jokes, but you're rejoicing in the Lord. Yeah. We did talk about it a little bit on Sunday. One of the reasons why uh, we all struggle with the prepositions is because mm-hmm. they're used so often mm-hmm. and in so many different ways. So if you look at the Greek lexicon, for instance, uh, you you have to be ready to wade through a ton of material to find possibly the reference to this particular one in Philippians okay. 4. In this case, um, rejoice in the Lord. He is the object of our celebration mm-hmm. or the object of this feeling, mm-hmm. of this emotion of gladness or happiness. He's the object of it. Or he is the... Um, if I remember correctly, from Sunday, he's the basis for the rejoicing. Mm. He's the, uh, what's the other word that the lexicon actually used? The, uh, so the basis of, but it was, it would be sort of like a foundation. He's like the foundation for it. I can't remember the technical term they use for that, but I translated it as a, as either the object of our celebration or the basis for it. Right. As opposed to the circumstances, mm-hmm. which is the only reason why it, uh, the reason why God's word can say rejoice in the Lord always mm-hmm. is if you remember correctly, I said that's the one constant that we have. So remember our celebration or and actually the rejoice word is our condition or state of being uh, happy. The condition or state of happiness yep. is independent of circumstances because yep. it's based on the Lord. Yes. So his constancy 
the constant presence and blessing of our uh, that's found in our relationship with Jesus is the reason why uh, we're rejoicing always, even though uh, the circumstances are not happy. Mm-hmm. And Paul goes on to say that later on in chapter four, you know, whether a base or a bound, yeah. much or little, I'm able to be exactly be content in all yep. circumstances exactly. because of the Lord. Right. Um, so before we move on, though, mm-hmm. like if I'm reading my Bible and my devotions, how do I handle these prepositions sometimes? Like, is there a, a practical tip you have or you just got to flip a coin and choose which way to no, go? Or is it a little bit of just ambiguity that you're going to have to? There's, there is a little bit of that. I think most of the time you're able to get the gist of the meaning mm-hmm. from a, a phrase like this. And then, frankly, you're hoping that somebody, whether it's me or somebody else, can come along and clarify and say, out of the umpteen options for the use of that preposition, this is probably the way it's functioning in this particular text. Gotcha. No tips, though, because it's just one of those, you know, you're just, you know, for me, for instance, just you're all, you're just always thinking about how is that being, what's the... What's the precise, as precise as you can meaning mm-hmm. or nuance of the term? But they're hard because they're everywhere. Yeah. And they're you and the they ca- and there's so many categories of meaning of that term. So it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little words, but well, and in, in this case, the context is helpful too. I mean, yes. You know, how do you how does a person celebrate in the Lord? Well, if you start to think that through. Ultimately, you'll probably get to the meaning of that preposition, mm-hmm. more than likely. And, you know, I think the hermeneutics professor is going to say, context, context, context. Context drives the meaning of a word. Mm-hmm. So that's something I think can be a helpful mm-hmm. thing to keep in the back of your mind. Any word, context is really going to be what, you know, points you in a general direction. At least. Yeah. Okay. So Anxiety. Um, that was one of the commands in, uh, the third one. Yeah. Don't, don't be anxious right. about anything, anything. So the list of things that brings anxiety to people is endless. Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to find a spouse? Is this a good choice for a spouse? Mm-hmm. I hope Tess made a good choice this past weekend. I think right. she did, Me you know, too. but you know, there's anxiety going into that. There's uh, am I going to find a job? Is the job a good thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people have career moves. So just talking to people mm-hmm. about, yeah. What brings anxiety? And there's there can be a lot, you yeah. know. Um, am I going to be able to provide for my family the pressure of work? If mm-hmm. you're a salesman, can I get enough sales? And some when some of these things begin to pile on top of each other, it can really be, you know, a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And panic or anxiety mm-hmm. attacks come on. Um, and what I found curious, and uh, I'm, I'm interested to know your take on this, mm-hmm. in Philippians to 28, Paul admits to being anxious mm-hmm. uh, about Epaphroditus. He says, I'm more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. Mm-hmm. So yep. he admits to being anxious. Mm-hmm. And then he says, don't be anxious. Mm-hmm. How, yep. does, how does that work? Did his anxiety not cross a line? Or was Paul, is this maybe a weakness or a sin that he he battled just anxiety. I mean, he's not Jesus, so he's not perfect. Oh no, and he. You know? I mean, Paul's the one that said, "Isn't he the one that said I'm the chief of sinners?" Yeah, right. So he doesn't have a problem with admitting his own uh, his own struggles with mm-hmm. faith. So my guess is that he was experiencing uh, 
he was experiencing some anxiety. Mm-hmm. Whether it crossed the line or not, I can't I can't tell uh, from this passage in 228. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. So I don't know whether he crossed the line or not, but... Um, yeah, there's no way for us to tell. Yeah. But how do we... So are, are we saying that there's a level of anxiety that is to be expected in, in life because it's an emotion that comes up in a moment and it's not a, a sinful emotion, but it can be. So, yeah. So if I, if, if I had to say to, you know, to all of us again, let's start with a command. Do not be anxious for anything. That tells me that anxiety is, is destructive uh, when God commands something like that. In this case, too, the grammar is pretty clear here that the readers were in the process of worrying and needed to stop it. Mm-hmm. The grammar is clear like that, I think. So um, what we know in a command like this is that what God is doing is he's protecting us from ourselves. And this from ourselves, from unbelief. So if we start with the command then we shouldn't be anxious at all, mm-hmm. period. So when I, was, when I was trying to, remember when I was drawing a line on Sunday, what I'm asking you to think through is genuine concern versus anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, as, a, as a parent of young children, you know this, you, you have concerns for your children. Mm-hmm. As a parent of older adult children, now grandchildren, I have, I have concern. Michelle and I have concerns. Yeah. So there, there's genuine concern which does not destroy the soul. Um, so I would say that it's not some anxiety or no anxiety. I think the answer is clear in this text, no anxiety. Mm-hmm. What I was trying to differentiate between was genuine concern, which is in 220, by the way. I think I referenced that on Sunday, that there is in 220, let me, let me just find it quickly. Chapter 2, verse 20? Yeah. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. So I pointed out, that the same term, the same term is used in a positive sense in 2.20. And this was Paul, as I said on Sunday, remember, this is Paul saying Timothy's going to go and Timothy's being described here in 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has genuine concern for the welfare of the Philippian believers. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to divide, we want to try to make sure that while we're walking with Christ and with each other, that anxiety's out genuine concern is in. Mm-hmm. And how do you draw that line? Um, I, I was, I, I think what you have to do is you have to, you have to really think hard about your thinking and say, mm-hmm. and I, I'll go back to, I think it was Lightfoot who was being quoted by O'Brien. I think the older commentator Lightfoot was the one who said, talked about hey, harassing, mm-hmm. harassing uh, care. So, mm-hmm. um, that's what we're avoiding because that's destructive to my my uh, walk with the Lord. Did you say that on Sunday? I Harassing did. care. I did. Ch- yeah. Chalk that up. It's a lot. Thing, no, thing it's I a missed. lot. I don't expect you to remember all this stuff. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, and you're, um, and you're in and out because I watch you and you're you're half paying attention. At yeah, times. I, I know. I don't you know, expect you to remember. I these have things. other things to think about. Yes, you do. Like what's, parenting in the pew. What's going to be in the pe- on the pizza? You know, for after church. After church. Uh, I got you. So <laughs> I do think for beyond Sunday, what we're all processing though is, you know, a, that third command is so clear. Don't be anxious. 
Got okay. anything. Uh, so, all right, yeah. so what do I have to do? <clears throat> okay, then we get to the positive side, which was also very, very easy to just pray. Yeah. And that prayer is the faith that I'm in God's care. I don't have to be anxious about anything because he's caring for me. It's mm -hmm. that simple. It's yeah. simple to it's simple to comprehend. Okay. We all know it's very, very difficult for a, a human being, a Christian, to put this into practice regularly. Wow. Yeah. That's the fight. And so I think that's good. The harassing concern might be a way to help distinguish between a genuine, reasonable concern yeah. versus a concern that goes too far yeah. and harasses us. Yeah, so the harassment's fine. But remember also what you're looking at is you're you're looking for this week. What are the circumstances which are causing you to be, uh, there's there's disturbing thoughts. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I don't know what the word I used was like turbulence. It was a flying term. I think uh, mm -hmm. you've got, you've got turb turbulence in your mind mm -hmm. and you've got troubling thoughts in your mind. Uh, that's what you're, that's what you're watching for. Yeah. Because that is interrupting uh, your fellowship with the Lord. That's, right. a, that's unbelief in action. Yeah. And that's what we want to do, you know, throughout the week is, is certainly put this text into practice. Don't worry. Yeah. And we've listed a number of those things that can cause yeah. anxious oh, thoughts to, yeah. to come up in our lives. Yes. Um, so now for the person who is just battling anxiety, mm -hmm. um, you know, going back to and tying into our discussion last week about you, you brought up an article that said three ways to deal with COVID, mm -hmm. you know, from a secular yeah, perspective. Yeah. 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 Um, so from a secular perspective, uh, a doctor is going to prescribe, you know, an anxiety medication. Mm -hmm. Um, how does that theologically, how do you process that with, uh, I have some thoughts myself, but I'm mm -hmm. curious what you are thinking about, you know, a secular way to attack that anxiety yeah. is just yeah. medication. Yeah. Or even, you know, even a Christian psychiatrist or, uh, or a Christian psychologist would say there's mm -hmm. times when medicine is critical to help. Uh, treat what's going on. Uh, the mind is as diseased as the body is with respect to sin and its effects. So mm -hmm. we shouldn't think that, you know, um, oh my goodness, I can't believe I need meds. Uh, it's not as simple as, you know, if you just had more faith, you wouldn't need meds. Sometimes okay. the trauma mm -hmm. is just so bad that you need a reset. And then, you know, the, the doctors would sort of talk like that. Let's just get things in balance again. So, but it's the, but it's the only, if it's only that, so um, if, we're, if we're talking a moment about just chronic anxiety, mm -hmm. then I would, I would suggest that according to the scriptures, that some of the, thing, the best things we can do is, first of all, make sure that we are confessing our sins one to another. Mm -hmm. So I would again say, find a confessional partner, not just an accountability partner, but a confessional partner where you can Talk to someone regularly about that particular sin. Mm -hmm. If you're worrying, if you're anxious, and you're violating a text like this, and you know it's hurting your soul, yeah. get, get help. Meaning, get someone in your life that you can trust and, and let them help you bear that burden. That's, that's, that's one of the best things you could do. Mm -hmm. the, other, the other things beyond this are, just think about this, right? If a person says, I'm going to pray more and I'm going to read my Bible more. Yeah. Those are always good things. Yeah. But those things rarely, which is so weird to say, those things rarely are the antidote for stopping chronic sin. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we need each other. Mm -hmm. 
It's not en- it's never enough for me and God. So it's just not it's not enough. Mm-hmm. You need you need someone in your life, and you need especially someone that you can confess your sins to, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the start of it. Plus, it's just an ongoing fight for faith where mm-hmm. you're going to battle this. Uh, if you're a chronic worrier, then you're going to battle this every single day, just like yeah. we battle our sins yeah, every right. single day. We're all prone to different. It's a fight. It's a fight for faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's where I, that's where I would start. Mm-hmm. So, a three-legged or a three-pronged attack: Bible reading, prayer, you know, bathing yourself in those things, and then the one and others. Confessing your sins, yeah. bearing each other's burdens. Yeah. Um, Christians that have been at this a long time know what it's like to read their Bible and pray and then sin right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They know that. Yeah. So what what we all struggle with is how do how how do we make sure that our Bible reading and our prayer are infused with vigorous faith, so that the word and the prayers are faith driven. They have an opportunity to go to work on us then. But there has to be that faith element. Ultimately, though, that faith has to move toward, I'm not going to be anxious. Instead of being anxious, I'm going to. And then we go back to one of those disciplines again. Mm -hmm. In this case, it is one of the disciplines. Mm -hmm. The the, the contrast is prayer, which is one Mm -hmm. of the two big ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bible reading and prayer. Mm -hmm. And so is it safe to say, you might say that um, coming out of the fall in Genesis 3, our our minds like we our minds aren't the same in a pre-fall world as they are in a post-fall world and i think i heard you say our minds are broken just like our bodies can yeah. be broken mm-hmm. and i think that's something um christians and evangelical churches is getting a better grasp better. of you know in recent better. decades um and so to recognize that while we might need mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a doctor to treat a broken whatever. We mm-hmm. also have broken minds, and yeah. And then you know, medication may be a helpful way to mm-hmm. you know get that under control. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I mean, theologically speaking, that's that's one that I go back to often, just recognizing that I've heard people counsel and say, "Well, you just need to pray more, or you know, you just need to have more faith." And you know, that's not terrible counsel, but it's it can come across as cold. Um, and not really thoughtful, um, but there's there's a lot of brokenness in us, and it, it you know it extends into our minds too. So yeah, and that, the result of the ball. The yeah, ball. that type of advice doesn't address the extreme the extreme cases either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Um, well, that's all the questions I have. Do you have anything else? Nothing. Okay, so we're going I into Matthew on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, you did. We just didn't hear it all. Um, going into Matthew next week. Lord is that willing, right? Lord willing. All right. Are you looking yeah. forward to that? I am. I'm looking forward to getting back into the scriptures and uh, starting been out to of do, them for a starting while. to do. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm glad to. I'm glad to be back into the scriptures in this way, where yeah. we can work systematically uh-huh. through a section of scripture, as opposed to. Uh, what we've been doing for several months. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to getting back in. So am I. It's a different challenge, uh, but I'm. I'm really. Yeah, Matthew's. Uh, is going to be a very, very, uh, hopefully helpful look at this. Uh, our Savior, who's called the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are things going to line up with Easter for you? You worked out that even, far. I haven't even thought about. You're that. just going to pray. Just trust more. <laughs> just gonna, believe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go yet. As you know, I'm not that slick at 
planning those things out very well. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to diving back into a book study. It's been a while. Yeah. And uh, diving in. So Mm -hmm. it should be fun. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. If this uh, episode raised any other questions, please feel free to email us, podcast at cbcmj.com. And as always, just, you know, when we're listening on Sundays, when you are tuned in, not thinking about pizza, uh, feel free to shoot questions our way. We love discussing them. They're helpful for us and hopefully for the rest of the faith family. Um, So thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.